Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas with Jonathan. Jonathan, dude, I, I've totally missed you. And yes, that is a song lyric. If you know it, you know. No, nah, dude, it has been, what, two weeks, man? We have been, it is, uh, it's essentially, yeah. We, are taking, we took a little hiatus, um, unplanned, but not too much news, like huge news Sixers-wise happened, so I think we're all right. We do have a lot to talk about, though. Um, so I think tonight's going to be a good podcast. Well, first off, mine was planned because I got to see family. The, we had what our first annual gathering of Guidos. My mom's side is Italian, and we, you know, we had a gathering of sorts. So you know, sounds um, like a fun time. It, you know what? It was fun. It was fun. It, the traveling was not fun for for my four year old daughter. You know, first long trip, but she was a champ. She got through it just fine. And now we are back talking about the Sixers. And of course, it would not be a Sixers podcast without talking about free agency, particularly regarding James Harden, because, of course, he is a former MVP. Uh, I will say the third best player on the team right now. Yes, I said it. Fight me about it. Um, There is an update. There is an update. According to Kyle Newbeck of Philly Voice, I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but in summary, he says... The Sixers hope that Harden will return on a team-friendly contract, which appears to be more likely as Houston might not be willing to put up the full amount of years or dollars that Harden was hoping for. Yeah, so, I mean... So, yeah, so, yeah that, that's a big deal, obviously. If, if Houston's not really looking for that, for Harden to you know be Harden, which I, I think would be smart of them, I, I think this is a good sign for Philly. Hey, look, I think all of us speculated for a while. Why would Houston want it? Uh, even going back to Christmas, and Stuart from our, our, our contributor on the Sixer Sense wrote a great article just saying it was off smokescreen. So, look, the market for Harding is not strong, clearly, even with the team that he was most linked to. I mean, it, it's, it honestly is best for both parties if he comes back. I think he has a better chance to win for a championship with this team built, has some chemistry over will now be two and a half years and Philly doesn't really have a great point guard option. So I think it's just a marriage of necessity, honestly. What do you think? I mean, look, I do think they have a good point guard option in Tyrese Maxey if they're willing to develop, but um, look, I mean, I, I, I don't think the Sixers are worse if, James Harden stays. I think it's all about buy-in and attitude. And I mean, uh, did you hear the podcast where? And, and I didn't have this in the agenda, but because I just thought of it. But did you hear Doc Ro- Doc Rivers basically roasting James Harden? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, with Bill Simmons, right? He kind of roasted. He kind of roasted a lot of people. Well, I mean, he called Embiid's leadership, which I mean, granted, Embiid's young in the basketball world, so that's not too surprising. And he called out the Sixers culture when he first got there, which I think we can agree had some work to do because of Brett Brown. I mean, love Brett Brown, but you know, he could only do so much with that culture because he was there through all the losing and stuff. But the main thing is that he he called out uh, James Harden's, you know ability to be coached saying that he was hard to coach because James wanted to play Houston way and Doc wanted to play with more movement granted we didn't always see that movement because it just kind of felt like you know Joel and B got the ball in the high post but like regardless you could tell that there was a back and forth between James and Doc sometimes yeah I look I don't disagree with what Doc said, a lot of what he said, I just think it's kind of soft. Like, you're no longer with the team. You interviewed a pl- couple places, didn't get a job. Like, you're I unemployed. Mean, nothing, against, nothing against him, but you're unemployed now, and it's time to take some shots at your old team. Didn't I mean, him. I'm sure he probably took shots at other teams, too. I mean, I look, Doc Rivers has been a coach for 24 years straight. That's the l- longest uh, consecutive years coaching in NBA history, only behind Greg Popovich. So kudos to kudos to Doc. You know, he's 60. I think he's around 60 now, so he deserves a break. And you know what? If he wants to talk about I, I honestly think Doc Rivers might be done coaching, and I would not blame him if he retired because, you know what? He's done his job. Six, he's yeah. 60, got kids, got grand, some grandkids on the way, I'm sure. Why not, right? So that, that being said, you know, I – I don't disagree with Doc, and you know what? I think that probably hurt Harden's market a little bit, and you know what? That's good for Philly, so thank you, Doc, in that regard. But talking about Philly and how it can help, what does a team-friendly deal look like for Philly and James Harden, in your opinion? What are we looking at? So my opinion is he should get short deal. Like, Tyrese rookie extension is going to kick in for a year, like a year after. After this Tobias next is co- yeah, Tobias, Tobias is coming off the books next year too. Exactly. So I'm I know like I'm not saying do this. I'm saying I would way rather get in like two years a hundred million. Not that that's gonna happen, but instead Ooh. of like four four years a hundred and sixty. I don't want to give him a hundred million. I'm just saying if you just wanna throw a ton of money at him for a couple years, like it's not the worst thing. It's way better than getting him a four year one fifty. Realistically, I think it comes back to that two-year 60 mil. Like, I think that's a reasonable deal for both parties. Again, if he wants a player option, go for it. If he thinks that he still wants to get one more long-term contract, give him another opt-out at the end of next year and see if he can mm-hmm. perform better. I, I just really – like, I don't I don't care. I don't – again, I'm not thinking we're going to give him, a, like, a load of money. I just don't care what money we give him as long as it's not longer than two years. So, here, here – I, I – this is how I feel about James Harden. You give him a contract, regardless of years, worth $100 million. It can be broken up into four years. It can be two years. It could be three years. Player option at the end of each deal, whatever. But you, 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 you say $100 million, that's what you're worth. I think, you know, I have, if I'm James Harden, I try to get as many years guaranteed as possible. Because I'm pretty sure... It, I, I'm pretty sure, first off, Nick Nurse has made it sound like he's going to involve Tyrese Maxey even more, which means more of a backseat to Harden 
which means his scoring is going to go down. His assists are going to go down. So his, his production is going to go down. And if that happens, which I think it will, uh, if I'm Harden, what is he, 33 right now? I'm, I'm thinking long term. If I can get three years close to 100 million or maybe four years 100 million with maybe a player option on the last year, right? You know what? That's 100 million more guaranteed. And you're not going to get that from anywhere else. So, and honestly, for the Sixers' sake, I think they should do a short deal and do another one-on-one deal because yeah. that next next year, that apron is going to be a you-know-what. And I'm not going to say it because I'm not trying to get bleeped, but it's going to be a pain. And if I'm them, I try to – if I maybe get them to take another one-on-one. Give them a max one-on-one. That's fine. That's like you said. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe, you know, do what you got to do. But I, I think you need to be smart about this. He has made 300 plus million dollars. Like, yeah. I don't think he can blow that much at his extracurriculars or whatever he's spending his money on. Not my business. But the fact that he's like dying to get another one, I, I don't know how you can spend 300 million dollars. So I don't think he needs it by all means. If he wants more generational money, go for it. Um, but yeah, I, I think they I, can make this work. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I, I like when you say give him another just one year opt out, give him another year, give him another opt out, see if he can get it. I think that's smart on the Sixers end, but I, at the yeah. same time, I, I I don't know. We'll see. Um, but last last point on this: Should the Sixers fans be excited about Harden potentially coming back? Should they want him back? I mean, I think you and I disagree a little bit with the uh, Tyrese Maxey thing. Like, I think he can play point guard. Absolutely. I don't know that it's ideal. So, um, I yeah, I think he, I think Sixers fans should be happy. Like, I don't think we're going to be, like, super excited. I, people like to critique he won two games in the Boston series, but then he played, like, absolute garbage the rest of the series. So, it's like, how do you weigh that? But at the same time, there's not really a better option. There's really not. The, the point guards out there, like Kyrie, Chris Paul, they all come with their own own issues. And I think the chemistry and I, I just think running it back with a new coach one more year is not the worst thing. I mean, look, I I don't I think I should they be excited? I think so. Will they be excited? <laughs> we know Philly fans better than that. They're gonna be upset. Yeah. They're gonna be. They're not gonna be happy. But look, James Harden is a, a good fit if he's willing to be a pass-first guy. We heard it from Doc that he he started not to buy into that during the second half of the season. And maybe he was just trying to get All-NBA, or maybe he was mad he didn't get All-Star or whatever. But, it, you know, James Harden, I, I I think they should be happy. I don't think they will be, or I think it will be divided. Yeah. No, I agree. So we do have one more bit of Sixers news that we should touch on. Montrez Harrell declined his player option. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised. Um, I am too. Yeah. That so was, yeah, I, yeah. Why don't Why don't you just go into it? First off, why are you surprised, obviously? And then do you think he'll be missed? So it was funny because I just submitted an article to you, Jonathan. It's uh, players with uh, – it's a big free agent big board with player options, players with player options. And I had – already written Montrose's part about it would be foolish of him to not 
opt into this player option because honestly, and he, he I mean, you know, I, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I don't think he's going to find another NBA roster, at least not before the season. I think there's a good chance he could be out because honestly, he doesn't bring enough anymore to the table. Um, will he be missed? No, nobody's going to miss him in Philly. Maybe James Harden, <laughs> maybe. But like James was okay with Paul Reed towards the end of the season. So I, I guess I'm surprised. I guess Montrez must think that he can get another job elsewhere where he can get more minutes. Because I think he, it was pretty clear that he was going to be the third stringer if he stayed. And I don't think he wanted that. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he I mean, would be missed. And I'm surprised. Lucas, I couldn't like, verbatim. Everything you said is exactly what I'm thinking. Like, you're, he, if you opt in, you're getting 2.6 mil. Like, that's yours, guaranteed. And I agree. I don't think he finds another team. So I, I don't know where his confidence is coming from. If, like, other teams have talked to him, if, if he's getting news that he will be signed. But I honestly completely well, hold, agree hold up, that, like, hold up, hold up. China might sign him, you know, or he might join Dwight Howard in the Philippines. Who knows? Okay. You yeah. know, if that's what he wants to do. If that's, if that's what, what he wants, wants to do. Yo, if that's what he wants to do, man, I'm not going to judge him. You know, live your best life. Average 20 points against, the, you know, Dwight Howard and Filipino players. Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, with him gone, obviously he provided some front court presence. And so does this incentivize the 76ers to prioritize re-signing Paul Reed, Chris's favorite? I mean, look, I think they were. he was already high on the totem pole of, like, free agents to bring back. He was probably either second or third behind um, James Harden. So, yeah, I, I, you know, this does put a little added pressure because, um, you know, the Sixers don't have very many options outside of that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, you know, he was already a high priority. I think it's just going to be a more of a priority moving forward. Yeah, I hope he comes back too. I mean, I think he's grown into his role, still young, and, and playing behind him, he can give him a couple good minutes. Um, yeah, I, I and- think so too. And so kind of leads to the next point. Do we need a third string center? I know we have PJ Tucker. Do we need a third center for the regular season to get some more of those minutes? And if so, do you see that coming from like draft free agency? What, what about that? I, I absolutely think we do. I mean, obviously, Joel's still going to miss time. I think, you know, this season was his most and he barely qualified for, um, you know, MVP. But that, you know, so I, I think they, 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 you know, we can't trust Joel's health, not for full 82-game season. So, yeah, I think you do need a third-string center, and I think PJ's another year older, and Doc barely used him as, as a small ball guy, and I don't think that um, Nick Nurse will use him very often either, unless they decide to bring him off the bench. But that's, you know what, that's another story for another day. Yeah, but that's where, like, that's where, like, again, I don't necessarily want Montrez back, but he can give you that regular season couple games if needed yeah. like here and there and then you have pj again for the playoffs like we were saying so i don't know i i i do think you're right that we probably need someone else yeah and there's different options here like in the draft i'm looking at the draft if they can buy a second round pick maybe oscar to from kentucky former oh former yeah west virginia he's you know and take a thought he's projected as a 56th pick he could very easily go undrafted or just, you know, we could buy a second round pick. I mean, look, if the 
I saw this this quote from somebody uh, on Twitter, and it's just like, if you can if you can afford to buy a football team for six million, you can you know six if six billion, you can afford a couple million to get a second round pick. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm I'm all you know, and you know that's that's the guy that I'm looking at. He he's only six foot eight, but he's a really strong guy, really good shot blocker, rebounder, a little undersized, but he's strong, and I like it. Uh, free agency that that's a little bit bigger pool, you know, honestly, and I know this is going to sound really old school of me, but you know, Jokic proved that you still need somebody to bang with the best centers in the NBA. So why not Hashim Whiteside? I, I know he played in Puerto Rico this past year, but like, I, I don't hate it. And he'd be a veteran minimum. I got some other guys here too, that I've been looking at, Um, you know, maybe Robin Lopez or, well, we're not bringing back DJ, that's for sure. But like Tristan Thompson, um, you know, somebody along those lines, like a you know veteran minimum center, like maybe Alex Lynn. Who knows? But like, you know, th- those those are some names. And then I, I put it in the agenda G League, and there's only one guy I can think of that we had on the Blue Coats last year. Do you want to get take a guess of who I'm talking about? I'll give you a hint. He was on a two way contract at the beginning of the season. Definitely Mac McClung. As a center? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, you know what? He he could he, you know what he is a vertical, but no, in all seriousness, I was thinking of Michael, I do not Fo- know. Michael Fo- Foster Jr. He's had okay. a year to develop in G- in the G League. I mean, they could bring him back on a you know a two-way contract, but you know, he did play well for Delaware, so and they did win the championship. Woo woo. So that, you know that that's an option. Anybody in the draft or free agency that comes to mind when you when you're thinking of that that you could think of as as a potential third string center? Not off the top of my head. No, I mean I was just thinking about PJ playing that role, but the more we talk about it, obviously, I just think that's kind of where now a 38 year old and and Embiid like that's not the rotation they're trying to have and have Paul Reed in there. So. Whoever it is, I think maybe you're. I think maybe a good option, like you're saying, is looking at the undrafted free agent board. And there's an article actually uh, that just got posted on our site, little tease uh, about potential undrafted free agents. So go take a look at that. For sure. All right, but let's go ahead and switch to our next subject because the Washington Wizards have kind of shook the landscape of the NBA. Even though they couldn't really get their act together, they're basically been a 500 team the last couple of years. They've they have some really nice players. And the nicest, of course, we're talking about Bradley Beal, who was just traded to the Phoenix Suns. So, and we have the draft details here. Do, do, do you need me to read? Uh, let me read them off for you. So okay. the the Suns are getting Chris Paul. And I'm, I'm sorry. The Wizards are getting Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, pretty much all their second round picks minus this year and two pick swaps that they have. Uh, the, and then the, the Wizards have oh so the Wizards are sending Bradley Beal, Isaiah and Isaiah Todd to uh, no sorry Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd along with Bradley Beal to the uh, Suns. Todd was is like an undersized center that played in the G League last year, and Jordan Goodwin's like a fringe guy. And obviously Beal's an All Star, an All NBA player. 23 points going with Devin Booker, who I guess now will be the de facto point guard and uh, Kevin Durant. So let me ask you this, Jonathan, what grade do you give Washington in this deal? 
All right. Before I give that out, though, I just got to say, Michael Winger, the new whatever president of like everything that Ted Leonsis, the owner of Washington yes, Sports, yes, owns. Yep. Yes. Michael Winger is incredible. I think what he's doing is amazing. The Washington Wizards should have been in rebuild mode for a few years. Bradley Beal seems so stubborn in leaving, and within a week of Winger coming in, Beal's potentially moving out. Um, yeah, the Porzingis, like Kuzma declining, probably going. He's just stacking up picks. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, so who knows what the Wizards will be in five, ten years. But I actually love what they're doing in Washington. So the grade I'm going to give them, honestly, it kind of turned out to be like a salary. Like a, it almost seems like they dumped it's a salary the salary dump. Deal. It's a salary dump. It's like the it's Joe Johnson deal. It's a yep, Joe Johnson it's a deal from Atlanta to uh, Brooklyn. I remember Brian Windhorst talking about it. Did you hear that analogy? Yep, you're exactly right. It's a glorified uh, salary. Mm -hmm. So I don't know exactly what they're doing uh, with Chris Paul. Maybe they could have gotten more. Yeah, what they'll do with Chris Paul. Maybe they could have gotten more for Miami. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, I think, though, I'd give Washington a A minus. How about you? I'm going to give them a solid B. I, I don't okay. love the deal. I think they, you know, another, I mean, Grant, I think they probably could have gotten more from Miami, but the purpose of this deal was to dump salary. Chris Paul's on the last year. Landry Shamit's on the last year. It didn't seem like Isaiah Todd and Jordan Goodwin were going to be a part of the future. They got second round picks and enough second round picks you can hit on. I mean, look at Sam Hinkie. We got uh, Jeremy Grant out of that. Uh, Rashawn Holmes. I could keep on going, but I'm not going to. Um, and there's a couple of pick swaps. Um, who knows? Maybe Phoenix implodes and maybe that those end up being good. That's the total possibility. Um, and you get Chris Paul, who you could probably trade, or you could just wave and just, you know, buy Chris Paul. Like, you don't need to keep him. Um, so I, I think a B is a solid grade for him. What about Phoenix? Yeah. What grade do you give Phoenix? All right, so Wendy like kind of talked me in a little more when he was on ESPN saying that like yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Paul, like essentially getting rid of Chris Paul was the best move for them, like getting back Bradley Beal as opposed and like saving some money. Um, I think that that's all well and good, but I don't, I don't love what Matt, Matt Ishbia is doing. He's coming in here, what was it, like less than a week when he was the owner at the trade deadline, bringing in Kevin Durant, all of their first round picks are gone. Now all of their second-round picks are gone. They have nothing. Like, it is a win-now mode. I don't – like, Kevin Durant's not old, but he's not young. Uh, he's, 30, Brad, he's 34 He's thirty four with injury history. Bradley Beal's 29 with injury history. Devin Booker, recent injury history, 26. Lucas, you're making my point. Honestly, I'm putting Phoenix – I would give them a B-minus just because – I'll give him in that B range just because that talent. Like, yeah, those are three potentially all NBA players. That's amazing. But I just don't – like, you're going all in, superstar hunting. It just feels like Matt Ishbia is just is just playing, like, fantasy in, like, 2K or something. And, and I, I mean, long term, you're going to tank your franchise. That's my opinion. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this uh, Matt, Matt Ishbia is saying uh, screw them picks as the owner of the um, <laughs> the, the Rams. Or the Rams. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing there. But yeah, I mean, look, he, they traded all their second for first round picks or pick swaps and they've traded all their second round picks now minus this year's. So like in 
actuality, like they're they're selling the farm, and you do this without really knowing the franchise. I mean, yeah, you have Devin Booker. You probably could have stayed in contention pretty long with Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Devin Booker, because Mikel Bridges looks like he's going to be an All Star next year. Cam Johnson looks like a really good like piece. DeAndre Aiden could have gotten more touches if you just left it alone, and maybe he wouldn't have been such a uh, sour push. By the way, let's talk about that for a second, because apparently Monty Williams, the guy that you wanted for the Sixers job, did not get along with Jay Crowder and uh, DeAndre Aiden. So I don't think that would have been good for the Sixers, because I don't think he can mesh well with certain players. And yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, but I mean, I mean, Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton, like, I don't think anyone gets along with DeAndre Ayton. Jay Crowder's kind of a hardhead, too. He sat but, out, like. Mm-hmm. But here's my thing, though. Like, those are the type of guys that you need to win a championship. You're going to have hard personalities. Your job as a coach is to deal with personalities. doesn't matter if you like them or not. You have to be able to coach them. So that's kind of yeah, my yeah. knock on Monty. But anyway, great guy outside of that. But. My point being here is, I you know, I don't think Ishbia needed to, like, make these big moves. I felt like it was just, you know, he him trying to make a mark. And by the way, did you notice that apparently Isaiah Thomas, the great Isaiah Thomas, uh, is now, you know, like a, a confidant for Ishbia in the front office? Lucas, I was going to bring that up. He is I, a I'm shadow... Shadow GM Chris Paul Petty King dropping that news on the way I absolutely I loved that he threw that into an interview a few times. Oh yeah, oh yeah, at least five times putting Ishbia and and Isaiah's names next to each other. And look, I I know Isaiah's really knowledgeable, but like in terms of making decisions for a franchise, I'm questioning that because we know what happened with the Knicks. Um, that being said, I I give the grade of. I'll, I'll I'll join you on that B minus. I wanted to say C plus initially, but like, look, this could win you a championship if you can get enough veterans to take the minimum. I don't know if you can because this is pretty much what happens to Lakers. But my bigger issue is can Devin Booker? Because I don't think it's going to be Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal, but can Devin Booker be that playmaker, that facilitator for for this core? Because like most big threes, if they're going to work, you need to have a facilitator. And like an elite level facilitator. And because you already have the two guard spots filled, unless, ooh, that would be chaos. I just thought of the most chaotic move ever. What? Are you ready for this? What? Ben Simmons to the <laughs> Suns. Look. Doesn't look, KD doesn't hate, him? hate him? I don't know if KD hates him or not, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. They already have the two guard spots filled. You only need a playmaker and defender. If you trade Aiden and get a stretch five, Ben Simmons actually works. I I, I don't know, man. I know it's a stretch. Like, but like, and obviously, like, there would have to be so many things. But like, I was thinking of like, what's a playmaking forward that would actually make sense there that can lock down defensively? Well, there's Draymond Green. But I don't think he's going to pay, take a pay cut to go to Phoenix. So, no. Ben Simmons. And honestly, Man, you can I bring would, you can you can be the forefront on, on that. I I don't I don't know if I want to be, but it would be if it doesn't work. It would be a beautiful fireworks 
that I would just love to watch. To be oh, honest. yeah. Honestly, I'm not a fan of the Suns right now. I think this is crazy. I think Matt Ishby is getting way too cocky. I don't think this is going to work at all. Like, your issue was not scoring. KD and Devin Booker were lighting it up. Jokic was just absolutely dominating you. Frank Vogel likes You need, Vogel, you, 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 like, you yeah. need a depth, depth, depth. Yeah. 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 Well, that yeah, that's the one trade. Obviously, Washington's still making moves, though, right? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, yeah, apparently. So you touched on it earlier. It's already been reported that Kyle Kuzma, who had a career year, opted out of his $13 million pay, uh, pay uh, player option. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he got at least double that next year with whoever he signs with, because it's clearly not going to be the Wizards, right? So that being said, I think Kyle Kuzma is going to win this free agency because I, I think whoever gets him. Look, if somehow like Cleveland could make room for him, ooh, that'd be a good fit. I like that fit. Um. But anyway, uh, that leaves Kristaps Porzingis, who had a $36 million player option. Realistically, even though he had a career year, 22 points, like two-plus blocks and like double-digit rebounds, he's not going to get that same value in the free agent market. So it was, you know, it's reported that he's probably going to opt in. And with that in mind, the Wizards, the Celtics, and the Clippers are engaged in a three-team deal. And according to sources, they haven't landed on a deal yet, but this is the framework so far, is that the Celtics would get Kristaps Porzingis, the Clippers would get Malcolm Brogdon, and the Wizards would get, the, I think, the 30th pick, plus Marcus Morris, Amir Johnson, Amir Coffey. Amir Coffey. Sorry, sorry, not Amir Johnson. He's retired now. Oh, gosh. Flashbacks there. And Danilo Gallinari from Boston, who didn't play last year because of a torn ACL. So, let me ask you from each team's perspective why they do this trade. Let's start with Boston. Why does Boston do this trade? All right. So, Boston, Chris Dash is not known anymore, or I don't know if ever, for defense, but he can still put up 25 a night. Like, if he's going off and he's put in the right situation. Boston doesn't need defense. They're a great defensive team. Marcus Smart locks it down. Robert Williams holding it at the back end at the rim. Same with Horford. So I honestly think he's really just going to stretch the floor more for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I think it's a great pickup. I really do. I think he'll fit well. I don't think he, when he was in New York and at times in, in Dallas relied on a little too heavy, I think being as like a third scoring option, he can really make some knockdown shots, stretch the floor, clear the paint for those guys to drive. And then on defense, he really doesn't have to do too much. So I think that's why Boston did this. So my perspective on Boston is this. First off, they realized, they felt like they needed to make a change because they they didn't get it done against Miami, which honestly I didn't think they needed to make a dramatic change. But they this is their big move. I mean, I guess I get it. Horford's getting older. I get that. Um, 
I do like the fit in terms of he can stretch the floor. He is a good, in, you know, finisher. He is a good shot block. He's a good rim protector. He's not really laterally quick. That's why he doesn't really play power forward too much anymore, but he can play power forward. And he's a good, like, weak side defender. So, like, he he actually is pretty good defensively. Before, especially before all the injuries, he, he's pretty good defensively. So, I, I think it works. I, I like the move for Boston, too. As long as they don't give up too much, which, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, they're going to have to add a salary besides Malcolm Brogdon. And, well, maybe not. Because that's like $32 million right there, I think, between Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. And his player option is 36 So maybe like one more player, but it shouldn't be that. Yeah, they could get this done. So let's, let's go to the Clippers next. Why do they do this trade? Brogdon's going to fit well in there. I think that means that they're not going to go in the Chris Paul sweepstakes and that maybe that fast tracks him towards the Lakers. But I think that the Clippers were maybe considering Chris Paul. They're really just looking for more of a floor general. I think they've kind of not had that. They had Terrence Mann running point guard at times, and he did okay, but that's not his primary position. Obviously, they had gotten rid of Reggie Jackson. Bones Highland came in, can run the point off the bench, but they need a true point guard who can run this run this team. And, I mean, I've listened to Malcolm Brogdon talk a lot. He took a big step back taking that six-man role with Boston. He was a starter and obviously won Rookie of the Year controversially, I'll keep saying. But um, he's a good player. He's a really good player. He can be a starter in this league. He made the choice to not be with Boston. And I think he'll fit in well. I mean, facilitating along Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as long as they're healthy, that's, that's kind of nice for them. So I think this is an upgrade at their point guard position. What do you think? Oh, is that, it's definitely an upgrade, though. I This doesn't make the Chris Paul. I think this kind of, okay, so this does a couple of things. First off, this takes Chris Paul off the table for them. I just don't see, like, him going back to the Clippers coming off the bench. I think he probably goes to the Lakers now. Um, the Clippers, I don't think that, I guess they didn't think that Westbrook was coming back, or if they, they maybe they didn't want him to come back. Uh, who knows? I mean, look, I thought Westbrook was a good fit, and he brought yeah. some stuff that they needed. And honestly, I would have been if I was the Clippers, I would have been completely comfortable bringing Russ back and in the same role because he can he can take over that team if they need him to. So that was kind of surprising. But like, as long as Malcolm Brogdon can stay healthy, which is the biggest with the Clippers, right? Health, like he's a better fit than Westbrook, and he can because he can straight like. With Indiana the year before, he was averaging 22 and 11 before injuries. Yep. The guy's really freaking good. So, yeah, like, I think he's a great fit. I mean, I don't think he'll average quite that many points, but, like, like is 18 and, like, nine, uh, nine or eight assists, like, un- unreasonable? No, I don't think so. So, I think that's a smart move by them. And, the, like, the Clippers also get off of some guys' contracts, like, I know that there was Marcus Morris chatter about him being disgruntled about his role change at the end of the year. Uh, Mir Coffey was a young guy with a lot of upside that just wasn't getting minutes. And the 30th pick, like, do they really need another young player when they're trying to win? I don't think so. So, like, it's a good, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad deal. So let's no, let no. me ask you about the Wizards now. What's the Wizards' perspective of doing this deal? Yeah, so, I mean, I think we touched on the big point. I mean, it's Michael Winger going full process mode. They're just mm-hmm. dropping everything. And I always say that the winner in a trade is the team that gets the best player. 
Honestly, this is the closest trade in, in a while I've seen. It's like a win-win-win. Boston gets a stretch player, clears more of the lane. Clippers get someone that they de- like desperately need in a positional player. And the Wizards don't want a player. So they're doing exactly what's best for them. So realistically, the, all three teams are kind of winning here. Yeah. And look, they can flip Morris for another draft pick or another young prospect. He's only making $18 million a year. So it's not like he's making an absurd amount. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's it's a good deal for everybody. I think everybody wins in this case. Like, and you're just taking, you're getting off another bad contract and getting some young ass. Amir Coffee, like he hasn't played too often, but when I've seen him play for the Clippers, he looks really good. And thirtieth pick, you know what? There have been some good players at the end of the first round. Um, so James I, Butler. you know, James Butler. And so, you know, it's it's totally possible. I'm okay with it. I don't I don't think anybody's coming out of that trade a loser if it does happen. Now they're still in the talking portions, but I'm pretty sure it's probably gonna get done in the next day or so. It might be done by the time this podcast comes out. We are recording June twenty first. Um happy summer solstice, by the way. And um yeah, so look, it's the night before the draft. And speaking of which, Jonathan, we gotta talk about the draft coming up, right? Yeah, draft night tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Um, sadly, the Sixers do not have any picks, and they did have a second-round pick that was taken away for tampering. Um, so let's start there. Was the uh, Daniel House, P.J. Tucker kind of tampering worth not having a second-round pick this year? I I guess. I mean, they did have bright spots in the playoffs for us, both of them. And they, I mean, Tucker was good, you know, defensively all season, not really good offensively. House had his moments. I guess it was worth it. I mean, it would be nice to have a second round pick, but like we said earlier, they can definitely buy, buy. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it was well, worth it. Ask, I mean, it's let just. Me ask you, let me okay. ask you this, Lucas. Don't, do you, th- at least, like, PJ Tucker was probably, well, no, definitely the contributor out of those two people. I think yeah. he was coming here anyway. So, like, I don't know that the camp, like, do you think he still would have come if we hadn't, like, reached out to him before the free agency period existed or started? I mean, look, he had just got to the conference finals with Miami. Good culture there, type of player that they like. He had a starting role there. I mean, and I mean, he's not making too much more than what he was making there the year before. So I don't know, man. I guess uh, maybe, maybe not, but I guess they didn't want to take that chance. Who knows? Um, so I know you touched on it a little earlier, saying if you can buy the red or the Washington football team or Commanders. Wow, all three names right there. Um, mm-hmm. And you can buy a second round pick. So should the Sixers like try to buy a second round pick, move into the late second round to see if they can draft someone tomorrow. I I don't think. I mean, if they can afford it, and there's a team that I mean, there's a couple teams with surplus of picks here. Uh, let me think of teams with multiple second round picks. There's been a couple trades, so it's kind of hard to follow here. Uh, you know what? I think the the Nuggets have three, but they traded for those picks. So I don't think they're going to get rid of them. Teams with multiple picks here. I mean, there's a couple of the Nets, I believe, have a couple picks. The, the probably the thun- probably the Thunderkins. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming, well, they only have one second round pick. That's kind of surprising. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple teams that you could probably buy a second round pick from a rebuilding team that has a couple too many. Yeah. Um, I think if there's a player, if there's a player that they're targeting, 
that then then you jump into the second round and you and if they're still there you can make that trade. But I also do think they're probably going to be able to find some value in the uh, undrafted free agent undrafted market after their uh, after the draft's over. So I we wouldn't go out of my. Sorry, God. I was just going to say I wouldn't go out of my way to get a second round pick, but if there's someone you really want, then I understand. Okay, I added two more things to this just because I thought of them on the dot here. Oh yeah, uh, these are good. These are good items. So Gasol, I'll mm-hmm. throw them to you first. Obviously, what do you think is going to happen to Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers? So just to give a little perspective, they have the third pick overall. Dame said publicly he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, but he's probably been the most loyal person of all, just saying that he wants to stay in Portland. He wants to stay there. He's not going to join a super team or anything like that. So, honestly, if they're going to draft with a third pick, it seems like it's going to either be Miller or Henderson. And, and I don't think Dame wants to build with all the rest of the young players on the team. So, if they keep it, it might make things a little interesting. So, what do you think is going to be the result with the Blazers and the third pick tomorrow and how that affects Dame? Well, I'll say this. I think if the if they would have stayed at the fifth spot like they were supposed to, I think this would be an easier decision for the Blazers instead of keeping the pick, but according to Brian Windhorse of ESPN, it, in, all indications are saying that the Blazers are going to keep the pick, um, you know, and they'll draft whoever's available at number three between Henderson and Miller. Now, if it's Henderson, he's a point guard, and they already have another small guard in the backcourt with Anthony Simons. So unless you can trade Anthony Simons for a, a, a more veteran player, which, I mean, isn't impossible. I just, I think you're getting closer to a rebuild. And I think you're going to, I think what's going to happen is like, Dame doesn't want to be the bad guy and ask for a trade, but I think the Blazers are going to try to force him to be the bad guy and ask for a trade. So, I mean, look, there's not even a guarantee that they keep Jeremy Grant in free agency this summer either. So like, might as well just like like Blazers just rip off the you know do the guy a favor be like KG and the Timberwolves in 07. Like just get the guy somewhere else. I think it's possible. Look, I mean, I don't know exactly where. Maybe Miami seems like the most logical choice, especially now that they missed out on Beal. I think that you know you get Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, a couple. Of, I think they have three first round picks available. That's not a bad haul for Dame. I mean, granted, like, you know, you could probably get more, but, like, Miami's not a bad – like, I think that would be a great place for Dame. I, I think, I, I think Kevin, Kevin Garnett, Garnett analysis is a, great, is a great comparison because, again, he was one of the people just like Dame, super, super loyal, but it just made sense. You had to get out, try somewhere new, and it worked out for him. So I think that's a good call by you. Didn't work out for Tim, Minnesota. I'll, I'll definitely say that. They – uh. I mean, they got Kevin Love the year after, or like two years after, but like, but nah, just, it didn't. Yeah. Just think about like restarting with like Anthony Simon, Scoot Miller, Nasir Little. Like, you're going to have a good young core. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not a bad core for sure. I, I think the Blazers just need to rip off the top, which goes to our second. Who goes, who brings us to our second part, right? We kind of already touched on it. Yeah. Who do you think is going to go second? So it's, they, the Charlotte Hornets have made it publicly known that they're only going to choose between two people, Brandon Miller of Alabama, Scoot Henderson of the G League Ignite, who actually has been in the G League Ignite uh, system for two years, which is uh, first. He went when he was 17, reclassified after his junior year of high school. 
So both are talented, different players, though. Henderson's a guard, kind of like built and intensity of Russell Westbrook. Miller's more of a can shoot and strong forward player. So who do you think is going to go second to the Charlotte Hornets? I think Zion Williamson's going to go second to the Charlotte Hornets. Really? Uh, for those that haven't heard, the the Pelicans are apparently very much interested in getting Scoot Henderson. Now, that could all be a smokescreen, as Brian Windhorse has talked about in the past. But if, like, if you're Charlotte and you could choose between getting an unproven rookie or a commodity like Zion, who granted has injury history, but maybe going back home to, you know, North Carolina could be the thing that he needs. What would you rather do? Yeah, but don't you think you'd rather trade to the the third pick so they wouldn't have to? Who? I, I mean, look. I mean, like it seems like okay. My guess is that Miller goes second. That's my guess. Yeah, because same, they already same. have. So if they want to get yeah. Scoot, they could trade to Portland. Yeah, you could trade Zion to Portland, and then yeah, I mean, sure, uh, you know, and that's not the only option to be clear. It's just like that's the type of player that you're gonna have to go for for the second or third pick, because like like clearly New Orleans has the draft capital thanks to the you know multiple Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis trades, but like if like unless you're getting serious, you have to throw out names like Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson. Yeah. And look, like if Zion goes to to the Blazers, then obviously Dame stays. Because can you imagine the one-two punch of Zion can stay healthy and like you, Dame has never played with a player as good as Zion. Even like prime Lamarcus Aldridge was not that good, and yep. like obviously that could happen. And I, I, you know, I said the the Zion as the second overall pick is kind of like a shock value thing, but I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility either. I mean, look, I I think I it would be more fun to see him in Charlotte with Lamilla Ball, who's a much better passer than Dame is. I, I think that would be fun. And look, they could get Miles Bridges back after his suspension. And I, I think he'll be back next year, to be honest. I think they, they yeah. I, I think he'll be back. You get Zion, you get Miles Bridges, you got LaMelo Ball. You might have to trade like Terry Rozier too. Uh, you'll have to get like a shooting guard, but maybe James Booknight takes that jump. Who knows? Uh, it's either way. I'm not. I don't know if Zion's going to get traded, but it'd be one the biggest shock of draft night since Anthony Bennett going first overall. Yeah. Oh, that was unbelievable. Uh, do you do you remember Bill Simmons' reaction? He literally almost fell out of his chair, saying, "What?" I. I that was the crazy. That was the craziest thing. You know, I'm not going to lie though. When I first saw Zion, I'm like, "Oh gosh, this is Anthony Bennett 2.0." But I was proven it's just, wrong. It's just if he can. If it's just if he can stay on the court. I mean, they were number one in the West with him on it early yeah. in the season. Not for a short I mean, period I mean, of time I mean, either. I mean, it was like, yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree. I mean, you know, like you don't give up on that. But I mean, maybe, maybe they know something that we don't. I don't know. But anyway, maybe. On that note, Jonathan, it's been fun, man. But it's time to wrap this up. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. We are back now, so regularly scheduled programming. Going to try and get Chris on the podcast to give you uh, some obviously really desired Denver Nuggets and uh, Oklahoma City Thunder takes. 
So maybe we'll get that Thursday or Sunday, fingers crossed. Um, but we really do appreciate everyone listening. You can get uh, the podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Odyssey. Um, and please leave us a review. Go read our work at the Sixer Cents. Got a lot of stuff coming out. Good, good stuff around the draft, even though we don't necessarily have a pick. Um, but yeah, again, appreciate everyone listening. And until next time, go Sixers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.